oh, so now we're going to be fancy and we're going to prepare notes and everything. What do you mean now? I've always prepared notes when you tell me what we're preparing for. Well, I think that's a lie from your mouth. That is not true. 100%. No, hold on. Let me take my glasses off. That is absolutely not true. You say, hey, we're going to do this. I prepare. No, you don't. And my notes are always immaculate and professionals. Your notes are usually shit. Because they're yours. Well, one thing I wrote down. This is an idea. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Okay. It's going to put pizza in a cup. Obsolete. Okay. Listen up. This is awesome. Okay. Now, you know how candy normally has like flavors associated to colors, right? Right. You got your lemon for your yellow. You got your, you know, raspberry, red, whatever, right? Okay. My idea is this. A candy with three colors, right? You got your lemon for your yellow. You got your, say, strawberry or cherry. They both suck, but, you know, just pick one for your red. And then for your blue, raspberry, because, you know, there's no real good blue food. Now, when you eat a yellow and a blue, it tastes like green apple. How are you going to make that happen? I'm not, I don't make that part of it. I don't do the, can. I don't, that part of it I don't care about. Okay, so you're you just have the ideas. Right. You're just the idea guy. Right. You pop a lemon, you you pop a raspberry, and you get right lemon and cherry. Lemon and cherry equal orange. Oh God. The math works, man. I'm telling you, this is like this is a million dollar idea. The kids will love it. Unlimited flavors. If you can make a color, right, you can make a flavor. You make my brain hurt. You really do. You make my brain hurt. I think it's a good idea. You would. (laughs) So, we talked about Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, I figured we could talk about something that's uh, possibly a little more in line with our shared comic sensibilities. Mm Mm-hmm. Monty Python. Monty Python. Oh. Favorite bits. Favorite movies. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just do a whole, uh, no, just uh, do a whole dissertation, if you will, on the boys. Yeah, just be naming stuff off, right? Because they, they are, I wrote down sketches that I enjoyed, but there's so much extra stuff that they did. Yeah, that is not so much a sketch, just a link. Right. I um, I actually was listening to the final ripoff during my. That's drive the one tonight. I got. Yeah. So Monty Python. You've got, uh, I mean, let's start with the uh, the members of the troupe. Graham Chapman, the late, great Graham Chapman. John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, Terry Gilliam, and Michael Palin. Mm-hmm. All legendary in their own right. And then you put the five of them together, and it's just sheer brilliance, right? Yeah, it's it was lightning in a bottle, and I seriously don't know how they got away with half the shit they got away with. I don't know either, uh, especially in the Britain of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, conserv- very conservative. Yep. Um, but they uh, when when did Flying Circus debut? Was that sixty nine? Hmm. It might have been. I thought it was. Yeah, that was early seventies. Yeah, late sixties, early seventies mm-hmm. time frame. You have the birth on BBC of Monty Python's Flying Circus, mm-hmm. which really is kind of like ground zero for 
underground British comedy in the United States. Mm, yeah. They're coming to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with, uh, I mean, an all-time classic episode right out of the blocks, Wither Canada. Yeah. There's so much good stuff on there. Um, but, you know, we can't really dissect episode by episode. Oh, my God, no. There's... And the stream, almost sometimes the stream of consciousness they put out there. Yeah, especially with uh, with uh, Gilliam's artwork. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lone American. Yep. The the single American, you know, a dude from Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. who fi- finds, his, finds himself in London and, you know, hooks up with these guys who were part of Footlight Society. Yeah. You know, and uh, well, Hank, since we're talking a little bit about the backstory, Graham Chapman was a medical student. Mm-hmm. And what was Cleese studying? That that I'm not sure. Cleese was going to do something in finance, I want to say. <laughs> he looks like it, too. Yeah. Um, and they all were, you know, these just, they, they got their f- start with uh, the Footlights mm-hmm. groups in the colleges, like at Oxbridge or yeah. wherever they were at. Um, and they formed this force of nature. Really, and it was. Yeah, I know that uh, Cleese had. I think it's called. It was called like it's the 1947 show. Yes, with uh, Marty Feldman. Yes, and a few, and that's kind of where. And a lot of the, some sketches they redid, for the the Python show, based off of sketches on that show. Right. Yeah, some of the sketches um, were repurposed, but uh, let's uh, let's get into a little bit. Uh, some of our favorite sketches. One one of my all-time favorites has to be the argument. The, oh, the argument sketch. I said <laughs> that is absolute <laughs> brilliance. Go ahead. Yeah, just, just just the fact it's so simply done and it goes off on a tangent later, but it's like he just wants to come in for an argument and he gets a contradiction. Well, no, that's well, you you're you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. Well, that's that's the crux of it. When he starts up, it's like, you know, he starts with abuse. Yeah, abuse. And, yeah, but it the, that whole that whole section of bureaucracy is wonderful. Yes, Where, and it it really is kind of a send up of the British bureaucracy. Yeah, it's like there, there's a there's a department for everything. That's right. Yeah, and, you know, and then it, it ends with like hit, being hit on the head lessons, which yeah. <laughs> I really should get into that business. I think I would <laughs> excel at that business. I I would I wouldn't mind. I mean. I don't know nowadays about sitting down. I mean, it, you want to sit down and have an argument with somebody. It's called Facebook now, but yeah, yeah. Now you just go. Now you just go on social media. Yeah, but it'd be funny to have someone try to do an argument on social media just doing contradictions. That would be great. <laughs> you know, you know. I think the next time I get into a, uh, an argument on Facebook, I think I'm just going to do that. I think I'll just contradict. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get this the same answer, right? Another one that um, was was at my one of my was Crunchy Frog. Oh God, <laughs> the chocolatier! Yeah, uh, the chocolatier. Uh, you've got the Wizzo, uh, yeah. Wizzo quality assortment. Mm-hmm. Um, you have candies like that are spring loaded and shoot <laughs> bolts through your cheeks, yeah. and then the P.S. de Resistance. Yeah, one named Crunchy Frog. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> And it's made with a real baby frog. Well, you don't take the bones out. <laughs> they wouldn't be crunchy. 
<laughs> yeah. And and Graham Chapman in an episode playing the cop. Yes. Where he's uh, just constantly fighting back, throwing up. Oh, well, Gilliam played it. Yeah. As it, Gilliam played the cop, I think, on the show. Yeah, on the Hollywood Bowl. On Holly, Gra- that's yeah. right, on Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, Gra- and he actually put the, the beef stew in his mouth. Yeah. To throw up in the hat. Yep. Yeah, the... the uh, and it, it, like he was dressed as a as a as a British Bobby, mm-hmm. you know he's got the tin on his head. <laughs> uh, great, great sketch. Um, I got one for you, hmm. Ernest Scribbler, writer of jokes. Was that the most the funniest joke in the funniest world? joke in the world? Yeah, <laughs> yes. And at the end of it, uh, it, like the joke is written during World War Two, mm-hmm. and they use it to like just to de- to defeat the Nazis. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. How do you make a Nazi cross? Step on his corn. Yeah. It's like Ed Chapman once uh, Graham once again is the Gestapo officer wearing a sign that says Gestapo officer. Yeah. <laughs> and then after a cut scene, he wears a sign that says a different Gestapo officer. Yeah. yeah, I mean that kind of just weird sensibility. Yeah. And uh like when they're when uh uh Cleese is the interrogator. Yeah. And he's slapping his hand, <laughs> and Palin is just there, you know, like like selling it basically. Yeah. And Chapman is hitting his or uh, not Chapman, uh, Cleese is hitting his hand. Now tell me what I tell me the joke. Or should I hit you proper? Yeah, yeah. Cleese and Cleese never played the ha ha funny guy. No, Cleese was a great straight man. Yeah, I mean. If they wanted like the haha funny, that was always seen to be like Terry Jones would like play yeah. with the really wacky characters. Yeah, the nude organist. Yes, you know, and like the the or the guy at the beach that keeps trying to get changed. And yes, and also did the um, the guy trying to break the world records for jumping over <laughs> the Ron channel. Obvious. Yes, Ron Obvious. Yeah. Uh, what the hell was uh, Luigi Frattati was yeah. his manager who. <laughs> Was a character. Yeah, in they, later they just episodes. kept bringing that character yep. back. Yep, the Furtati brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, and then you had uh, uh, what the hell is uh, Dinsdale? Dinsdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. You know one of my all-time favorites, hmm. the Australian philosopher sketch. This well, the start of it was Bruce's. Bruce's, yeah, yeah, and then it goes into see they changed stuff from the show to the live shows. Yes, they did a lot more songs, I guess. Yeah, well, in in uh, in the live shows, but yeah, the the philosopher sketch was was uh, was awesome. I could still sing the whole song, <laughs> still know it all. I I could probably still recite the whole goddamn bit. Oh my god, yeah, we it's so that that those shows were so quotable for every reason. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially to our friend group. Oh yeah, and I think I think our demographic alone because we it was on MTV. Yep. And, you know, it was on with all the rest of those British comedies that I think formed our age groups humor. Yeah, I really do. And, you know, we you know, we and we had all the guys were like, you know, almost all interchangeable, even though they're all from different years. Yeah. But we all knew Monty Python, Young Ones, Black Adder, Faulty Towers. Yeah. And we loved just quoting all of that stuff ad nauseum. You know, um. Hang on, uh, I I'll get to this later on, um, but let's stick with uh, favorite bits. Yeah, another one, another one of my all time favorite. Uh, I mean, it's a classic, and so much to the point where Python actually did an album, Parrot Sketch not included. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> the parrot sketch. Tat never fails to make me laugh my ass off. You're, I know. Same here. And and we've seen it a million times. Yes. That's a sketch that we can that you and I can both quote. Yeah. <laughs> back and forth. It's, we could recreate that entire skit right now. Yeah, and it's it's just so and then the parrot sketch alone is fun. And then they kept adding kind of, well the TV show added some stuff to it. Some of the live shows added other stuff to it. Yeah. That are even just so absurd. It's like when he sends them, you know, to Bolton. Yeah. And he actually goes to Ipswich. Yeah. And then he says, "Oh, sorry, it's an it's an uh, well, it's, it's a palindrome." Oh, it isn't the palindrome of, of Bolton. It's not lob. <laughs> and that's only on the TV show. Right. You know, and then, of course, it ends being too silly with the colonel coming on. Right. You know, yeah, too silly, too silly. This <laughs> is over here. It's, and, and, you know, it was great to always see Chapman as the army officer. Yeah. Because his father was an officer in the Royal Army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ch- Chapman always, oh, he... he Played a, a, some of the greatest characters on there. Yeah, that almost didn't care at all. No, you know his characters didn't care if they were liked or not. And he, I mean, I would have loved to have meet, met the man. Oh, me too. Because he he just seemed like such a fun person. And I know his John Cleese has, has said many things that his sense of humor was so dark. Oh yeah, and so terrible. Well, I think a lot of that may have been a coping mechanism for for Graham, oh, um, along with um, with his alcohol dependency. Yeah, I think that may have been a coping mechanism because, especially at that time in you know the the sixties and seventies into mm-hmm. the early eighties, Gray being a gay man mm-hmm. was it you know it was it wasn't as accepted as right. it is today, and you know and and all the guys in the troop knew. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, all the all the rest of the pythons knew that Gray was was a homosexual. Mm-hmm. None of them cared. No. You know, but I think a lot um, I think a lot of that was a coping mechanism because he knew that mainstream British society mm-hmm. would not have accepted him. Oh no. And would have looked down on him. Yeah, and and they probably wouldn't have even allowed the show to to stay on. Oh no, had they known? Yeah. But yeah, he was a uh, he between between Chapman and Cleese. Those from what you know are, are my two favorites. Oh yeah, you know, you know it, it's hard to say like you know because I I in researching this for a week, just watching skits and remembering and going back and trying to go through synopsis of episodes and which ones were my favorites and which yeah. ones which ones eh weren't and I did find there was a lot of a lot of those reoccurring cutscene type characters that that were just one or one off or just every so often kind of jokes. They're not sketches. They're just things. The Gumbies. Oh my god. Yeah the Gumbies the Gumby operation was was one of my favorite sketches. Oh God. But then also there was a point where they I think it was like during the architect sketch where they're announcing it. Yes, and they they all just keep are interrupting the sketch. So they throw a bucket of water on them, right? Because <laughs> they're all they all keep just screaming, "Look at that You know that I mean that's, but that's the essence of the Gumby. Yeah, you know that's the essence of the Gumbies. Um, like uh, quite slow witted, <laughs> oblivious. Uh, one of our one of our. Favorite quotes. I've got my head stuck in the cupboard. Yeah, it means it's such a stupid line, 
Right. And, but we've done these things and know exactly where they're coming from. Right. You know, there there are, there, and I think there's people that are over our age and under our age that just have no idea why we quote these things right. for no reason. You know what I think we should do one, uh, mm. next year? What? Find a Halloween party, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, get uh, get four or five of us together <laughs> and just all go as the Gumbies. That's an easy costume. Yeah. Just go as rain boots. Yeah. A handkerchief. Suspenders. Suspenders. Yep. And a red and white striped <laughs> shirt. And we could we could be do do the Gumby Theater. Just just walk. Hello. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another one of my my favorite things, and this is one that you don't hear a lot of people talk about, but it's actually the blackmail show. Yes. And and that is one that I you don't hear on a, like a lot of those like best sketches and favorite Monty Python bits. I absolutely love the Blackville show. Oh God! Uh, uh, now imagine this: if you if you've never watched Monty Python, if you don't know what we're talking about, imagine a TV show where the presenter is literally blackmailing random people. Uh, this is where you need to drop the money, you know, uh, in the water closet behind the third, yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> And he's blackmailing people, and the price just keeps going up as they reveal more of the footage. Yep. It's a brilliant concept. Yes. It's like, no, sir, we're not here to sense you. We just want the money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, I, I love that. And that one doesn't get much as much love as, you know, it, it should, because it, it's a great concept that I actually love to see an actual TV show. Oh, I would it. love to see that. I would, I would love to see that. <laughs> How about Lemming of the BDA? That was a weird one. That was such such an odd one. Yeah. And, and like I know that everybody got involved in that. And I think Carter Richlow was in that. It was just yep. that weird stream of consciousness kind of sketch. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. Cardinal Richlow was in that. And Richlow is another one of their recurring yeah. characters. And it's like it's like how many weird things can you throw into a sketch at one time? Right. You know, and it's like and then I think the person escaped. Yes. Through his, ba- it was like a mummy, mummified person, and they escaped through their bandages, and then it cuts to animation. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I remember Lemming, Lemming, Lemming of the BDA, <laughs> Arthur Lemming, British Dental Association. Yes, yeah. So the, some of those sketches were so weird. One of my favorite favorite parts of that sketch show was uh, uh, Jones showing up with the freaking uh, uh, coming in with the freaking uh, Panzer Shrek. With the with the grenade launcher, or bazooka, or whatever the hell. I'm trying. Well, did he do that more than once? Uh, I know he did it in the in the uh, British. Uh, yeah, in the BDA sketch, and he's like three, two, one, one, <laughs> one. Oh, oh, forgot to fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The and uh, well, the night with the chicken. Night with the chicken. There was a night with a chicken that would come on and just bat people over the head. Yes. Again, just an odd thing they would throw in there for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Uh, just randomly shows up and bonks yeah. somebody in the head with a chicken. Because they're being silly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Very we, silly. We've got to bring this back. Very silly. Uh, another, uh, the self-defense sketch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Defending yourself against fresh fruit. <laughs> What about a pointed stick? Shut up. <laughs> Cleese plays a really good heavy as well. 
Always. Yeah, Cleese plays a really good heavy, and he's got the physical presence to do it because mm-hmm. he's a he's a he's a big guy. Oh yeah. And in fact, they did a uh, they did a, a bit where he talks about being six foot four. Archaeology Today. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or he's he's uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but he's uh, teaching like an SAS self defense. I thought it was just like Sergeant Major. Oh, okay, it might have just been Sergeant Major, yeah. but he's teaching a uh, a British yeah. a, a British military. I don't know if it was SAS yeah, or what. A, Mr. Apricot, Harrison. <laughs> you shot Mr. Harrison. <laughs> he was coming at me with a banana. <laughs> right, and you, you disarm them and you eat the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, what, 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 what methods does he use to dispatch of his students? He shoots one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six, a, 16 ton weight 16 ton weight And then the tiger Releases the tiger Right <laughs> It's Always to defend yourself Against somebody Armed with fresh fruit Yeah And it's a PSA People need to know this Yes <laughs> Beware of the fresh fruit And the point head stick Shut up <laughs> uh, One that I can never I'm not even going to try To recite it Is the greatest composer Of modern Baroque music Oh Jesus Johan Gamelputi, and then yeah, it of, goes on and on and of on. Ulm. <laughs> yeah, Wolfgang of Ulm. It's like a twenty-second <laughs> long name. It's oh. just ridiculous. Yeah. And how they could all keep that straight? Yep, is beyond me. You know how they could all keep that? You know, get that thing right. Yep. I I I my hats off to them. It's like you you watch some modern. They can't do anything in one take. I wonder how many takes it took to get that right. I know I saw in an interview with Terry Jones at one point, the one he did where he died. Yeah. He one take. Really? One take. They actually were able to just able to memorize it. You know? That's on unre- that's uh, that's amazing recall. Mm-hmm. That is amazing recall. But if you watch this the sketch, I mean, they literally the way John Cleese keeps doing it over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. they don't cut away really. No, you know, it's like they just keep going on and on and on and on. Yes, <laughs> and then they they find his like last living relative. <laughs> yeah, and as he's saying his name, he, yeah, that's when he dies. Yeah, that was that is that's a fun sketch. Yeah, and the best part is I I never knew, I did not know this if the last. Part of the name was Of Ulm. I found out that it's a town in Germany called Ulm. Uh-huh. You know? And I, I can't imagine those people. <laughs> I'm sure over the years, the, the citizens of Ulm have had to answer the question of the greatest composer of Brock music. <laughs> right. Here's one for you. The Council Rat Catcher. Uh, shabby. Yes. Yeah, we're... <laughs> It's marrying the daughter. Oh, uh, Ken Shabby. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, well, yeah, he was the council rat catcher. But when he's marrying the daughter, he was scrubbing out toilets. Mm. Well, uh, is there a promotion involved? Well, yeah. In six months, I'll get a brush. Tell you what, the council rat catcher. Now, I know there was a sketch. Man, see, everything slams together sometimes in the head. I know there was a sketch where they people would dress up as mice. Yeah, um... Uh, that was kind of like a, um, the sketch I think you're talking about. It's uh, Chapman talking to like a, a news show presenter mm-hmm. about p- 
people that dress about young British guys that dress up as mice. Yeah. And eat cheese and <laughs> chase the woman up onto the table. Yeah, no. and Yes. That's just run down the clock at midnight. Absurdity. Oh, absolute absurdity. And then they do like the, the hidden camera footage mm-hmm. type deal. No, the council rat catcher I'm thinking is uh, when Chapman goes to the when she, uh, Graham goes to the to the house and he talks about the, the hole in the wainscoting. They said it again. Yeah, there you go. Good catch. And it's not uh, it's not mice, but sheep. Yeah, that's right. OK. And he gets shot. <laughs> you got a killer there. Yep. And then they talk, you know, they like they do the. They cut to the to the Gilliam animation mm-hmm. of of like the killer sheep and yeah that was oh my god this yeah it's like that weird flow that's why it's hard to remember episodes entirely yeah because all that goofy shit kept happening all over the place they would go from one sketch to another with nothing explicable no you nothing. know lumberjack started with a barber yes a murderous barber yes you know and then just like. I, I just can't imagine the comedy was never written like that before or since. No, it hasn't. And I it, it begs the question, kind of, what were they smoking? I don't think. Well, they didn't have drugs in the at that point. <laughs> <laughs> OK, honestly, I just think it was. I mean, I really probably I mean, I'm sure there were. I mean, Eric Idle looks like the type that was he was doing weed. You can tell yeah, you're smoking a lot of pot. But but I don't I think they probably just like. Really, Love the craft so much. Yeah, I think that's. I think. I think you're right on that. And of course, I was joking with saying they were doing a lot of drugs. But well, I'm sure. There, I'm sure there was a lot of weed. I mean, one of my biggest kind of beefs with SNL sometimes is they don't know how to end a sketch. Right. And Monty Python would literally just put a sketch into another sketch. Right. Or have the sergeant come in, or the guy with the chicken. It, they found ways to end weird sketches. Right. How about? How about the spam sketch? Love, love the the spam, that <laughs> that made that made spam. I mean, so much became of that. Yeah, I mean, they have the spam a lot musical. I actually saw spam a lot yeah. at Lehigh in high school. In the yeah, me too. In the Monty Python Flux game, they have the 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 spam card. Yeah, I mean, there's so, I mean, there's so much around, and you can't you can't start talking about spam, and not launch into a song. Right. It just, it shouldn't happen. Well, we got spam, bacon, egg, sausage, spam. It's not got much spam in it. I don't want any spam. Well, I'll have yours. Oh, I love it. I'm having spam, 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 spam. Shut up! Bloody Vikings. Yeah. Where? I mean, where does that, if they come into the scene, they float into the scene, there's already Vikings there. Right. So you know that this is starting absurd. Right. Where can we even go from here? Yeah, Idol. Uh, who was it? it? Was Idol and Chapman and Chapman and Terry Jones was playing behind the counter. Yep, but it starts off so absurd. Right, it's like it, and oh my god, I wish sketch comedy. I kind of wish they still did things like that, but everything has to be grounded sometimes in reality. Right, instead of pure absurdity. Yeah, I mean, and and let's face it, a lot of Python stuff was completely absurd. Bicycle repairman. That was such a. <laughs> That was one of those ones that was like an eye roller to me. Really? Because, oh, the world is loaded with supermen. Right. And <laughs> nobody can fix a bicycle. Yes. Except for bicycle I mean, repairmen. I, I, yeah, that that's that is like uh, that is one of those. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. 
but it was like loaded with absurdity. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> look at the way he tightens that nut. <laughs> it's, He's going to use a spanner. Yeah. That's why I learned what a spanner was. Right. Yeah, that's uh that that one does kind of delve into the ro- realm of absurdity a bit yeah. more. Or same with Mr. Neutron. Though yeah, the the whole sketches that well the whole show's things that they did. Yeah. I think like Michael Ellis was another one. Yes. And then Mr. Neutron and the the bicycle journey. Yes. Yeah. They like, those whole long episode ones. Sometimes I thought were a little non-Python-esque a little bit. A bit. But, you know, it's their show. Let them do what they want. Right. You know, another one I think, uh, uh, another one I really like that doesn't get a whole lot of love is the one with the intergalactic Lamanges trying to win Wimbledon. Yes. Yes. I know which one you mean. That was another, I think, full full story arc. Yeah, it, it took a while. Uh, you have uh, Angus Podgorny. Yeah, <laughs> this the only Scotsman to ever he, win win Wimbledon because yeah, he can't. The Scotsman, the Scotsman can't do tennis, right? <laughs> and and uh, they end up eating the blamanges. Yeah, yeah. Then they save the world. Yeah, it's like, it's like that's another one. Just out of left field weird. It it is weird, but it's it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime you could get somebody like playing that. I don't want to use the word stereotypical, but that um, that type of oh they play on the Scots. Well, they love picking on the Scots. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, they had the Scotman that um, was a time bomb. Yes, you know the suicidal the suicide the kamikaze Scotsman. Yes, who kept trying to blow himself up, but it wasn't that he had a bomb. He was a bomb. Right. You know. And then you had the uh, the Scotsman that. Uh, End up throwing that keep throwing the Scott uh, the Scottish Army Division that ends up keeps throwing themselves out of the tower. Yeah, and the um, the Scotsman on a horse. Yeah, when he goes into the church, he takes the guy. Right. You know they're just pissing on the Scotsman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, for some reason they didn't <laughs> fuck with the Irish too much, uh, except for the well they did a little in the working class person. Yeah. When <laughs> it's. Working in the coal mines. Oh, a playwright. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, okay, you're you're thinking of a different one. I'm thinking of the one where uh, I thought you were going to the one where Chapman plays the playwright. Yeah, and his son is is the um, the they coal miner. They weren't they weren't uh, Irish. They weren't Irish. Oh, hard to tell those accents. No, they weren't Irish. They were they were. Uh, they might have not done a lot of Irish stuff. Now that I think about it, I'd have to really dig deep and all because all those accents. I mean. I mean, who knows if they're picking on the Welsh or they're picking on the right? I think I think they were I think they were Welsh. I think they were Welsh with the uh, with the playwrights catch, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you got the playwright, the, you know, like he's a world round playwright, and uh, his son instead of you know going into something hoity toity and highfalutin, goes off and becomes a coal miner. Yeah, <laughs> tungsten carbide drills. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just a nice little flip, yeah. Flip. And I'm telling you, I I, I do wish that, and that the people another great one, Michelangelo's Last Supper. They only did that one in the stage shows, yeah. Where and Michelangelo in one stage show was played by Adrian Edmondson, right? But originally it was played by um, Eric Idle. Where they're painting the Last Supper, and the Pope has a problem with it. Yes, 
uh, first off, there's too many disciples. <laughs> and three Christs. Yes. And the two fat ones balance out the skinny one. Right. <laughs> it's like, I remember I remember that from Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. It was there's kangaroos in it and all yes. that. Hey, like, you don't want an artist, you want a bloody photographer. <laughs> it's like We call it the last but one supper. What? Nobody says about the penultimate supper. <laughs> right. <laughs> That that's that's a good sketch, um, you know. Talking about Hollywood Bowl for a minute, there's one of their kind of non sequiturs that doesn't really tie into anything that goes on in there that is absolutely fucking brilliant. Albatross. Yeah, that that's it. That's another one that makes no sense. No, you got and J- it just just goes on. <laughs> you got John Cleese walking through the cloud, crowd like uh, an old time. Cigarette yeah, girl. Cigarette girl, essentially. Yeah. But he, what is he selling? An albatross. Yeah. One albatross. Right. Yeah. What flavor is it? Has it got a bloody flavor? <laughs> it's just... Bloody albatross flavor. <laughs> yeah, that, and then he just goes on. Then he finally, well, I think the knight comes over, hits him on the head, then he starts yelling, albatross. Right. <laughs> and I know that's some sort of a phrase, the albatross around the, the neck. Right. I don't know what that means. It comes from uh, <laughs> it comes from the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, they were in the Iron Maiden. Well, no, they were in the Samuel <laughs> Taylor Coleridge. Um, in the story of the rhyme of the ancient mariner, you know, uh, he he kills an albatross. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll quote the maiden thing: the mariner kills the a bird of good omen. About his neck, the dead bird is hung. That's where the phrase, an albatross around your neck is. Ah. Because once he kills the albatross, all the shit starts going bad for the crew. Hmm. Well, we learned something today, kids. Yes. <laughs> it's education time with Uncle Eric. Yeah. Another funny sketch, only because of its minimalist absurdity. And I don't, I don't even know if it's called this, but it was like the fire brigade. Okay. The guy, John Cleese is calling the fire brigade. And he's like, the fire brigade, brigade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Takes off his shoe. Saws 11. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't know what conversation he's having. Right. But that's all like, it's just wonderful. And it's it's hilarious how long they just take stuff on. Yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of their good stuff was kind of centered around the home. Oh, yeah. Um, Ferdinand Zeppelin, when he's throwing people out, when he's throwing people out of the Zeppelin into the drawing room, the sitting room, this is the drawing, no, 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 this is the drawing room. (laughs) And like, you've got all these German cabinet ministers, dead German cabinet ministers now in this, in this, in this home, right? It's not a balloon. Balloons is for kitty winkies. It's an airship. Yeah. Get out and look for yourself. <laughs> and he just fucking tosses them out. It's great shit. And they all end up in someone's drawing room. Sitting room. And then they have to they have to try to organize them by cabinetry. Right. It's like we put the Minister of Defense over here. <laughs> That's so good. As oh God. Yeah, they that that one is another one I think goes unnoticed a bit. It does, yeah, because it's so uh, craziness. Now, the one that everybody knows about, uh-huh. and I think even people that don't want it, is the Spanish Inquisition. Mm-hmm. 
Because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. That that is just. I mean, that I think is like another who you're gonna call kind of thing callback. Yeah. You could just say at random. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. Someone will give you a call back to that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and well, you had Cardinal Fang, mm-hmm. Cardinal Biggles. Yep. Uh, and of course, Tarquemada. Yeah. And the, and the Grand Inquisitor. It would just you know, tie her to the rack. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like a dish strainer rack. Yeah. Uh, get. The comfy chair. The comfy chair. Poker with the soft cushions. Yep. <laughs> Such. Uh, oh God. So so completely absurd. You know. And then Brooks did. Uh, Mel Brooks did his Inquisition thing in History of the World. Yeah. You know that was that was some good stuff too. Yeah. Both both of them pretty much make the Inquisition look not that bad. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't too terrible. <laughs> Jackie Mason in the Spanish Inquisition part of history of the world is great. They all that whole strange enough, that whole section is is awesome. Yeah. And it's like it's hard. Mel Brooks had a great talent off on a small tangent of taking just horrible moments in history and somehow making them funny. Yeah. I mean, it's just I would I would have loved to have seen him do History of the World Part Two. Honestly, I I I think it it was perfect the way it was at the end. There, I mean the whole thing. I mean Monty Python had a hard time, and well, I know we'll get this one, but making Christ funny. Yeah, Mel Brooks made Christ funny. Yeah, and the, and especially like you know before the night is over, one of you will betray me. Who 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 could it be? Judas. <laughs> Do you want a beverage? <laughs> that was so good. Um, but like at the end of History of the World Part One, they do kind of like a teaser. Yeah, coming yep. soon. History of the World Part Two. Jews in space. Yep, and it's a flying star of David. Yeah, which Hit- which would have been a great movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> Hitler on ice, and <laughs> it's Hitler figure skating. Yeah, I that, I would have loved to have fucking seen that. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been nice to see what they could pull out for part two. Yeah, but I still think it's it's a great comedic thing to have part one and no part two. Yeah, you know, it's like you you you're gonna call part one. Yeah, there's part two. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was intentional by by Brooks, but if it was, bloody brilliant. It probably brilliant. it probably was. I don't think he ever had. A, I don't think he ever had a an inkling to make a sequel because Brooks was always moving to the next funny thing. Yeah. And he never wanted to repeat himself. Right. All of his movies are so. I'm trying. Yeah, you're right. There, I don't think there was ever a Mel Brooks sequel. No, he would. He would get the movie and move on. We okay. We 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 did our western. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, we did our murder mystery. Move on. Right. We did our space movie. Yep. Move on. Yep. They did the old timey uh, Frankenstein. Oh you know, God. Yeah. Oh God. Young Frankenstein. Yes. And all, all those are just like completely just awesome films. Yeah. You know, another, and I'm going to, you know, well, I will wait till we get to the Monty Python movies. Yeah. Because there's one, of, one I'm going to talk about that is and isn't a Monty Python movie. Yeah. I know, I know right <laughs> yeah. where you're going. And it's one of my favorites. Yep. Um, okay. Back to Python, mm-hmm. the TV show. What's some other stuff you got? Uh, the, I don't, like, I don't know what the, the stabby nurse 
stabby nurse. Okay, the guy goes into a doctor's office and he's bleeding. Okay. And he's like, your nurse stabbed me. Yeah, she does that. She's a bit unpredictable. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, one. and he has to fill out all the forms while he's bleeding out. Oh, okay. And it makes me laugh, and only because I've I've been in the situation where, and I've seen the situation where you are in intense pain. You're in the ER, and they want you to fill out all of these you know forms, be it electronic or whatever. But it's like you know your stomach is hurting. What's your birth date? And so, oh, do you have insurance? Oh my God! Can we through this later? Just can I? Yeah. But the nurse is stabbing everybody. Yeah. And it's like he's trying to fill out the forms. Yeah. That I I I don't remember that sketch. Yeah. It's it's another one that just makes me just laugh because you come. You know, she just stabbed me. Yeah, she does that sometimes. She's a bit unpredictable. How about the one where it's like a, a murder mystery? Where uh, over a train reservation? Yes, <laughs> they show the writer who's obsessed with trains. Right. <laughs> Wait, how did you take the four fourteen to Luton when you couldn't have been on the? <laughs> it is a dining only car. <laughs> it's right. Uh, oh God, that was a good one. Um, what the hell was the name of the uh, the the inspector? Oh God, I couldn't even remember that. The 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 individual characters. <laughs> the, the, I know. I think Grand Chaplin paid the the inspector. I think. No, I think it was Cleese. I'd have to look at the sketch again. I know the sketch though because at the end of it, Terry Jones is the one who was like, "Let's see the writer," and he's he's like, you know, acting like the typewriter is a train. You know, right. Um. Well, they had a they had a few things where you know with trains, uh, the camel spotting sketch. I'm trying to remember that one now. Where uh, Cleese goes and talks to Idol, and Idol is there because he's camel spotting. I I'm I'm vaguely remembering it because it was one of those little vox pop bits, right? And uh, uh, how many train? How many camels have you spotted? Uh, nearly one. <laughs> and how long have you been? How long have you been? Uh, Spotting camels. Um, f- just the three years. Okay, okay, five. Seven years. Just seven years. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And turns out he's actually a train spotter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they have a good rail system over there. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, Saxon talked about it in Princess of the Night. One that I put on my list... Because it's in the Flux game. And the game, the Monty Python Flux that I have has a lot of references. One of them is it's the Nudge Nudge. Oh, God. And the card says, if you know what this card means, draw another card. And anybody can, as long as you know what it means. Right. And I always wondered what, I never knew, does that card mean what I think it means? Or does it mean that I know where it comes from? Right. Because <laughs> that's another one of those really weird sketches. You know. You're sitting here talking about this Monty Python flux game. Yeah. And I'm left with a question. Yes. Why have I never been invited to play Monty Python flux? I don't I don't know. You've, you've been invited to the house. It's like it, it, it's a filler game. I can bring it next week and we can throw down a, you know, a quick one. Okay. Yeah. So many rep, most, more, a lot of references to the Holy Grail and is, isn't it? Uh-huh. But I mean, are you familiar with flux? No. It's basically the, the game, it's a card game where the rules constantly change. Okay. And you're the one changing the rules. Thus, the flux. Yeah. And uh, you have to get a goal, 
with okay. certain cards in your hand. Well, certain cards on the table. And you can actually win the game and somebody else can put the goal out for you. Yeah. You know? And um, I have a lot of promos for it, little extra things that are in it. Um, it's like Sir Not Appearing in this film. Okay. You know, the nude organist is in it. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if the albatross is in it or not, but the goals are based on two cards that happen to be there. Like if you get the castle and the French taunter. Yeah. That is one of the goals. Right. You know, your your mother smelt of elderberries. Right. And yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful card game. I've gotten so many promos for it over the years. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. And they still sell it. Oh. You know, any Monty Python fan. Just uh, it's just a, it's a, one of the first ones I think I got for Flux. Yeah, because it's Monty Python, and I've worn that box out. I should seriously buy another copy because I've worn that game out. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot of playtime. Yeah. So, um, what else you got on your list? Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Everything we na- oh the most awful family in Britain. Most awful family in Britain. You just have to remember. Gilliam on the couch with the beans. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. Him flopping there with the beans. Yep. I run out of beans. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a big fat suit on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. Um, How about the Git family? Oh, God, yeah. Did they actually show the Git family, or were they just talking about they were, how no, hard it was being named, surnamed Git? Well, they were, it, they were there. Uh, yeah. Um, you had, uh, what the hell would they're like, uh, I can't remember their, their first names. It was all something terrible though. Yeah. Rat face, yeah, rat face, stupid rat face, git. Yep. Stupid rat face. Git. That was the wife. Yep. Um, yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, you know, yeah. And she's at that age was saying you're a git really hurts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And then they invited them over, uh, invited the other family over to. To ha- to have some hang time, I guess. Yeah, good sketch. Yeah, they there. There's not, and except for those full length ones, Michael Ellis, I like though. Yeah, the Michael Ellis one was kind of funny because it was Michael Ellis and ants somehow were like you know all over the place. You know, I wandered lonely as a cloud. <laughs> Here's one for you. When the the newlyweds are going to buy a mattress, <laughs> don't say mattress. It ends up in the tea box. Yeah. It's, that, it's like, did you say mattress? Yes. <laughs> he said it again. <laughs> and they have to sing, uh, climb every mountain. What? What is it? Dog kennels. Right. Yeah. We're looking. We need dog kennels. Second floor. Uh, no, no, no. Dog kennels. Dog kennels. Second floor. <laughs> Don't you understand? It's dog kennels. Oh, mattress. Why did you say mattress? Just say mattress. Oh, okay. What a mattress. Oh, <laughs> somebody said <laughs> Get in a box. Oh, what did they say? They, they have to climb say, every mountain. Climb every. <laughs> yep, climb every mountain. <laughs> you know who I thought was always thought was one of the unsung, uh, unsung players mm. in a way in Monty Python and the Flying and the uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, Carol Cleveland. Oh yeah, she was like the 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 sixth Python. Yep, she would have been the sixth Python. Yeah, and she was because she was all over the place and just willing to do absurd stuff right along with them. Oh yeah. You know, and and some of the goofy things they had. The Golden Age of Ballooning one. Yes. Where they had her hanging from a balloon. Yep. <laughs> I forgot about that freaking sketch. That's another great the one. The Golden Age of Ballooning was a fun little ride 
only because of like Louis. Yes, Louis, Louis the Fifteenth, the Sixteenth. He died in eleven seventy-two. Look, small ass. I ain't got time to remember numbers. <laughs> yes. Again, he's, uh, Scottish. Okay, <laughs> he's Scottish. <laughs> that was a. That was a. Uh, don't forget, Mister Bat Batlet. <laughs> yes. Is it? Uh, it's on the sideboard. Where's the sideboard? <laughs> <laughs> oh god that, next to the claret <laughs> that is that's such a fun sketch and that's one that took like the whole course of a show yeah and was just excellent the whole way through yeah and i think honestly that was probably a send-up to british programs putting absurd shit on right like you know no, who wants to watch an hour show on ballooning right yeah. and, the, and then <laughs> by um, and then buy all the ancillary shit that the BBC would sell. Yeah. Uh, uh, for either uh, 27 pounds or a 50 pound fine. <laughs> you know, it's either buy it or get fined. Well, uh, because if you don't know, the British, uh, the British BBC, during a TV show in, in Britain, there are no commercials during the show. Or very few now. Okay. they Very few. Okay, but there used to be no commercials yeah. during the show, or adverts, as they mm-hmm. would call them. Um, all of your advertisements, all your commercial time, would be at the end of the program. Mm-hmm. But the trade-off was you have to have a TV license. Yep. Yeah, and that's, in recent times, I mean, the TV license thing, you have to have a license for every TV in the house. Right. Which would lead people to hiding TVs. And it's a toaster. Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, I mean, and in recent times, they ruled anything that can watch TV programs as a TV, including smartphones and computers and things like that. Now, when you go to university over there, I looked up a lot of this stuff, too. You go to university over there, you're you get you only need one license per dorm room. Right. No matter how many devices you have. Right. And and that's the way the universities work. And I thought, man, this stuff is weird and fascinating. It would never work here. No, it wouldn't. I mean, I could have I can't imagine people paying for each device that could watch TV programs. Well, but I can't imagine people hiding TVs. <laughs> it happens in this country because like we uh we'll use Blue Ridge as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay? Blue Ridge, they have a fee per a per month fee for each um for each TV. Yeah. And now it's you now you really can't get away with it because you need a DTA box. Yeah. You need a converter box for every TV. But back in the day when it was just <laughs> a coax in the back of the freaking yep in the back of the TV, you had to pay a fee for each each tap off of that. Right now, my my mom's house, there is so much fucking illegal cable running that house, you know, because. I know because I ran a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, I know and I know I, I don't know if this is an unwritten rule or just people don't want to do paperwork. I know that in my old house, whenever we would have to have now back when cable modems first kind of started. Yeah. And things were spotty and all that, you know, they come to the house and dear God if they don't check every electric in the cable in the house. Yeah. Now we had two TVs, so we had a splitter in the basement, which right. which I had rented and I did. Every time they came over, they took the splitter and just put like um, put a barrel connector, put a barrel connector in between the cable coming in and then the one to the main living room. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, well, you know what? I got a box full of these things. I can keep. I can keep this going. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but they never was like, oh, we're just going to charge her for two TVs or a hassle. No, we're just going to disconnect it. Yeah, that's what they would do. Now, if one, if a guy was having a bad day or wanted to be a prick, what he would do is he would leave the splitter intact and cut the cable six, go into like the, the mm-hmm. undocumented tap uh, to the, the undocumented TV, cut that cable three to five in three, five, six inches, whatever mm-hmm. from the splitter. Ah, that's just being a dick. Yeah. But our cable, we in my old house, we did not have any, we didn't have any cable connections on the wall. Right. Everything was run through the floor. Yeah. And it's like that in the house now. It's like we just run our cable up through the floor. Yeah. You know, it's high. It's high. It's simple. I don't just it doesn't bother me. But now everybody, everybody has a TV in the room pretty much. So you can't get away from paying for it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could see people. I mean, that whole thing in the young ones when they're hiding the TV. We didn't understand it back then. Like, what's a TV license? That makes no sense. Right. Then when you get older, it's like, oh, my God, you got to pay for that. You know, TV's free, but you got to pay for it. And now, like, the BBC online. Yeah. You live in England. You can just watch anything you want online for free. Yeah. You know, it's like their streaming services are, they don't really have them because it's just awesome. Yeah. You know, we need that. I just want to watch everything. <laughs> I just want to watch. I want a place where I can stream the young ones. Oh, I own them also. Yeah, I don't. Well, get on it, man. I'm not paying 150 bucks for the DVD set. I looked into it. It's that much now? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You've got a collector's piece there. Huh. The Every stupid episode? Yeah. It's out of print. Wow. See, I you tell me all these things that I have that are out of print. Yeah. And yet I'm going upstairs to my albums because I have I'm looking online and say, hey, if you have this Led Zeppelin 2 album with the ST55 uh, pressed in it, that's like the first pressing where the mix was really good and it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. So I go upstairs, look at my Led Zeppelin album. Nope. Not that one. Son of a bitch. Yep. Ain't getting that, ain't getting that money. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Speaking of getting this money. Hang on. Uh, I got a quick sidebar. Um, a couple of days ago, I was out near uh, Bloomsburg mm-hmm. for work, and I go to Taco Bell for lunch, and I'm sitting there minding my own business, eating my taco, and the Wish.com version of Eminem <laughs> and his girlfriend <laughs> walks in. Okay, let me describe this guy. Guys like your height. Okay. Yeah. Like six two ish. Hmm. Uh, maybe a little shorter. You know, somewhere between you and Randy in height. All right. And Val's build. Whoa. Super skinny. Jesus Christ. Yes. Dude weighed like a hundred and thirty five pounds with rocks in his fucking pockets, <clears throat> right? And comes in with, and you know, his pants are hanging off of his ass. He's got the New York Yankees beanie on, and the logo is, of course, sideways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever. Hey, uh, you do you, buddy. Uh, you know, have fun with yourself. You know, uh, I guess his SoundCloud rapping career isn't going well uh-huh. because he sat his girlfriend down at the front table where they have the job applications. Right? Yeah. Hands her a job application and a pen and makes her start filling out the job application. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. <laughs> the next words that come out of his mouth almost made me do a spit take. <laughs> Poor girl almost wore a taco because 
uh, Wish.com Eminem looks at this girl and says, and I quote, bitch, you need to get this money. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm flying and my feet ain't left the ground. Oh, God. Oh, God. The shit you see. Uh, Bitch, you need to get this money. <laughs> I, I almost fucking died. I had to call Randy after that one to tell him about that episode. That was fucking great. Oh, my God. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, back to Python. Mm-hmm. What else have you got? Nothing on the sketch list. A lot of the other stuff that I know is like, um, well, there is one more. The, the, the flying lessons. Yes. Which, is, which is, is, is just so funny because I laugh at that one a little bit because... I always kind of my brain also kicks into like a, a, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Because, you know, there's a, there's a line of Rocky Horror Picture Show during the time warp where you, you get off the fucking desk. Yeah. And during the sketch of Monty Python, it's like, up on the table. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And he's he's clearly on a wire. Yeah. And oh, a wire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oop's got a hole in it. <laughs> oh, of course it's got a hole in it. It's an oop. It's an oop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's making fun of his, his, his the fact. Uh, Graham's making fun of the fact that uh, I think he's playing Cockney. I think he was doing yeah, Cockney at that do, point. Yeah, he's doing Cockney, and he's making fun <laughs> of the fact that it was, it was Jones, wasn't it? Yep, yeah. Jones. He's making fun of the fact that Terry Jones speaks like proper English. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of funny. That, that that that's a great sketch. That I forgot about that one. Yes, that 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 one's just goes up on the table, arms out, fingers together, knees bent. Now flap, 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 flap. Oh, ah, no, no, you're no bloody good at all. Get out, you worm. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh shit. So what else do you got on there? That's uh, that's it for the sketches that I really I really loved. I mean, I a lot of the other like like the the, the colonel I was always a fan of when he would come yeah. in and you know the it's man always enter the show. Yeah, it lost a little something when Cleese left. I really do believe the the show lost a little something, but I mean, well, Cleese left in the final series. the final season, but also there was he still had a lot of sketches that were in the final series, right? That were already written, so they just kept moving with it. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm sure they. I'm I'm guessing they left on good terms, considering they all well, they were all still. Kind of speaking. And yeah, they still did the movies. Yeah, and the movies and everything else. I mean, I just think Cleese wanted to move on and had enough. Yeah. And I can understand that. They had and they had a had a great run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it they became cornerstones of comedy. Absolutely. That whenever somebody now just sees something absurd that doesn't make sense, it's Pythonesque. Right. You know? And that animation style that Terry had, that cutaway animation. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to bet stuff like that influenced South Park. Oh, yeah. No doubt. You know? You know, like the the construction paper, cardboard yeah. cutout animation. And that stuff was absolutely brilliant, the stuff he would pull off. Yeah. You know? Some of it made absolutely no sense. And it was like, I can just picture him getting a memo. You know, it's like, we need to get from this scene to this scene, so we need something that involves, like, you know, Van Gogh paintings. Okay, I'll come up with it. <laughs> uh, like- well, Gilliam admitted... In one of the many Python uh, documentaries I've watched, Python admitted or uh, Gilliam admitted to smoking a ton of pot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, oh yeah, I, I was high most of the time. <laughs> you know, and it it shows. Oh yeah, it shows. So movies, movies, out of the Monty Python movies, yeah. The two, my two absolute favorites, 
are Holy Grail and of Life of Brian. Of course. Meaning of Life is is that's like one of those like Monty, guilty pleasure Monty Pythons. I don't enjoy that one as much as the other other ones. Right. There are places in it I do enjoy. Yeah. But sometimes I think I think that was like their avant-garde series where man, they were pulling out all the stops. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you get to the skit uh where where Jones is playing the Irish Catholic father. Yeah, that one's just weird. Right. And he's got like uh he gets laid off at mill. Yeah. He's he all got laid off at mill. It's medical science. It's or yeah. no, that, well, that wasn't Jones. No, that was Palin. That was Palin. Palin. Um it's medical Jones played ex- the mother. It's medical experiments experiments for the lot of you. Yeah. We're Catholic. Yeah, and then every sperm is sacred. Also the other part of one that that kidney um no liver liver transplant. Yes. God, that was just really off the wall. But then also it has death. The death one's my all time. Yeah. It's my all time I love I still love, you know, the Grim Reaper. <laughs> and he sounded vaguely Scottish too. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that whole sketch. And then what's uh the other one in the uh I mean uh Mr. Creosote. Oh yeah, when he goes uh, at the end, when he goes to the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And th- so there, are, but it's not the entire film is not my favorite. But there are parts here and there that I really enjoy. Yeah. And then uh, there are parts here and there that I really just you know. And of course, working in a hospital, I love the hospital sketch. Give yes. It a, you know that is just you know hilarious. This is the machine that goes, bing. <laughs> You're very lucky. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you cannot go wrong with. Uh, meaning of life, yeah, or or with life but, of Brian, life of Brian, and yeah, or Holy Grail. They're two awesome films. Yes, and and Chapman plays two so different characters. Well, yeah, he plays Arthur. Yeah, he ca- he carries both films and plays two completely different characters. Right, and and the the amazing part to me, especially about um, Holy Grail, is Graham was drunk most of the show. Oh yeah. I mean, completely obliterated. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 tell a story that they were legitimately worried he was going to fall off that cliff. Yeah, and I know that Jones didn't talk to him for a while because he kept ruining take after take. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, a big sore spot for the the whole group. And but you know, and of course, it almost didn't get made. But thanks to the Beatles. Yep. Well, yep. Oh, George Harrison. George Harrison, and I think. I think Ringo had something to do with so, it. No, so the guy from the Who, Daltrey, Pete Townsend. Was it Pete Townsend? Okay, either I, Daltrey or Townsend. Yeah, I know. It's like people just, you know, they got that. That's how they got the money for it. Yeah, you know, it was like the, it was like the beginning of crowdsourcing. Yeah, and it's just an awesome movie. Yeah, and so quotable. It's been quoted with T-shirts and just goofy shit all over. Sunday night, Jim actually wore a Monty Python T-shirt to the haunt. Yeah, <laughs> which one? You wore the my name. Uh, there are those who call me Tim. Tim, yes, Tim the Enchanter. Mm-hmm. And I know I had the um, I had the bunny one when I was younger. Yeah. You know, the, it had a little little logo in the front, and on back of it said, you know, yeah, it's like I push a little bunny rabbit in here. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, oh yeah. We were actually we were actually going into to the bunny sketch mm-hmm. and some of the other things like with the holy hand grenade of Antioch. And, yeah. Yeah, and it was like one funny thing after another and that. Oh yeah. And it was like the French Taunter, the Black Knight, Castle Anthrax. Yes. 
You know, <laughs> uh, we talked about Castle Anthrax too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but first, you must give us a spanking. Yes, we all need a spanking, every one of us. But first, the oral sex. Yes. Then Lancelot comes up. Come on, it's just too much peril. No, no, I can stay. I can stay. No, it's too perilous. But a little bit. I'll bet you're okay. <laughs> you say that, that that phrase. I I forgot where that came from. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the whole the whole movie is just like just hilarious. And brave Sir Robin, who yep. br- who bravely ran away. Yep, bravely ran away, and uh, you know takes an arrow to uh, uh, mess with you, sir. <laughs> And they ate Robin's minstrels, and there was much rejoicing. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> or uh, another great scene in there is the the uh, the chanting monks. Yep, right in the, right in the start. Yep, and you can't go to a Ren fair without seeing the chanting monks. And are they? Yes, they whack. whack themselves on the head a few times. Yes, and it's so I love seeing it because it's just like my people. <laughs> yeah, don't see so requiem. <laughs> yep. Bring out your dead. Well, bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Shut up, you. You'll be stone dead in a minute. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> I feel like dead. Can I help a fella out? Thank you. That's 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 some great shit. How can you tell he's got a king? Well, he's not got shit all over him. That was an ad lib line. Really? Of, as, yeah, that was an ad lib line. And of course, the witch. You know, how do you tell a witch? Mm-hmm. Which I found it online that people, I think people forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like there's this whole thing about if somebody says like, you know, someone's like a witch. I said, well, do they make way more than a duck? Right. What's that have to do with it? That witch. Is, oh, God. Come on. What else floats? Yeah. A really great gravy. <laughs> it's a really light rock. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, the, the well, st- how do you know? How do you know she's a witch? <laughs> she turned me into a newt. <laughs> You're not a newt. I got better. <laughs> That's such a fucking great movie. And then, like you said, Brian, a life of Brian. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Graham plays Brian. Yep, whose life strangely parallels that of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and the story behind that is they were gonna do. A mo- they, want- they were going to do a movie about Christ, uh-huh. and they wanted to do it because the stuff missing from the Bible is between being born and like like being crucified. Right. There's a whole 33 years? Yeah, there's a whole 33 years that they don't talk about, and they wanted to do that, but people are like, this isn't funny. You, you can't joke about Christ, you know, being yelled at for being a carpenter or like, you know, screwing things up. Right. So... They changed it to right. make it a parallel. Someone that happens to be around at the time of Christ. Right. You know, but still, great movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, Christ is in it for, and they, they still play it up. What do you say? I think he said, blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> I'm not the Messiah. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, and I, Lisa did, um, when she was in college, she, she had to do a report. A religious report for one of her classes, uh-huh. and she picked Life of Brian, and because I had a, such a background, you know, in, in like reading the Bible and all that, I knew all the biblical references in the film. Right. So I'm pointing all these out to her about, yeah, they're talking about the loaves and the fishes. Right. You know, and it's like all the the stuff they're talking about was in the Bible, and they're kind of poking fun at it. 
Right. You know, which I thought was just funny and hilarious. And the stoning scene. Oh, God, I love the stoning scene. Yeah. You know, is it Jehovah? <laughs> well, I mean, they, and the thing I always respected about Python and always will respect about Python, and I wish there were more comics today that did this, is they're not afraid. They weren't afraid to take the piss out of everything no. and everybody. You know? Yeah. They were awesome about, you know, okay. Yeah. Fuck you, conservative Britain. Uh, this is, we're, we're going to take our shots at you. Yeah. And they took a lot of shots. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, they made their careers off. Upper class twit of the year. We forgot about that one. Yeah. It's like that whole skit was about how dumb the upper class was. You know, it was like, you can't. You, you know, and you just you're just poking at the bear, right? They, I don't think they did a lot of political stuff. Uh, well, that you had the political. Uh, I mean, you had the election night special. The election night special. I know that they actually had one where they said the queen was going to turn in. Yeah, and when the you know the queen tuned in, everybody was standing up and doing nothing. Right. But I mean, but as far as I don't think they not not as much as later shows were just completely making fun of the British government. Well. I mean, later on, like when we get to the young ones, mm-hmm. uh, when we get to the time of the young ones, that's when Thatcher was yeah. the PM. And Britain was really, really conservative at the mm-hmm. time, even more so than the Python days. Yeah. You know, when uh, when I, when Iron Maggie got into power. Yeah. You know, that's when I think went to the Falklands. Yeah. And yeah, but. Yeah, but there was not. There was. I don't think. I can't remember. I'm more, they they took the piss out of more religion than anything else. Oh yeah, you know, I mean that's that seemed more on their their hierarchy because they had the 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 church of the loony. Yeah, up the cream bun and jam. Yep, the bishop. Oh God, the bishop. Yeah, no Vic, don't say the kid's name. <laughs> we was too late. <laughs> oh God, <sighs> and you were. You made reference earlier to the not technically Monty Python movie. Yes. That is kind of a Monty Python movie. Yep. And if you're thinking what I think, I think you're thinking. You know I'm thinking it. Yellowbeard. That's exactly right. It's really an a, a all-star comedy movie. All-star of Britain and America's best. Yes. Because from, from Monty Python, mm-hmm. you have appearances by Graham Chapman. Yep. Graham Chapman plays the title character. Yeah. Um. Cleese is in there as Blind Pew. Yes, awesome. Eric Idle's in there. Mensel. Mensel. No, no, he wasn't Mensel. No, Mensel. He was, Mensel was another one, but right. but he was yeah, he was the British Naval Secret Service. <laughs> right. Mensel was Nigel Planner. Yep. So he had the young ones. The young ones in there too. And then you have Marty Feldman. Mm-hmm. It was Marty's last last role. He yep. died during the filming. Mm-hmm. Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. Um, <sighs> who played Boson Moon? It was a guy in Young Frankenstein. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle is Bozen Moon. Yes. Um, and then uh, Mrs. Yellowbeard. Oh, shit. Now I'm blanking on her name, too. She was a redhead. Oh. She was in all. She was in all. She of, was in. Yeah, she was. She was the bride. The bride in freaking Young Frankenstein, too. Right. Damn it. But yes, her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Now uh, that's gonna fucking bug me until we'll we'll get it. We'll right. get it. But that movie, you're right. Uh, did I say Cheech and Chong? Yeah, Cheech and Chong played awesome roles in that. Yes, 
And Chong actually got to play like the head guy. Ch- Chong played it up too. Yes. He said, I am the great. <laughs> yes, your holiness. <laughs> oh, God. That movie is so fun. Yellowbeard is such. It's it, There's such great absurdity in that movie. He uh, Yellowbeard tattoos his treasure map on his infant no, son. His wife did it. Oh yeah! Okay. Before she burned the map, right? Before she burned the map, she bur- she tattoos Yellowbeard's treasure map on her infant son's skull. Mm-hmm. And later, you know, twenty years later, yep. Dan, Dan, uh, you know, Yellowbeard comes and f- he wants his fucking map. Yeah. And and, it, and Peter Cook played his father too. Yes, the, the kids. Fa- well, the kids' adopted father. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's. Oh God! There's so many great, there's so many great scenes in that movie. Anything with Blind Pew is good. It's yeah. The, <laughs> he takes out a whole barroom in the dark. Right. What happened here? Plague. Plague. <laughs> that man's got a sword out on him. He fell on it. <laughs> oh God. Um, that that was Graham Chapman. At some of his best. Yeah, I mean, and again, it was a whole. He he played a badass. Yeah, and played it very well. Yeah, he. I mean, he played uh, like a, he wasn't your swashbuckling pirate. He was a down and dirty, nasty yeah. fucking pirate. He's like, and we kill him. No, but I'll kill anyone that gets me in the way of killing somebody. That's right. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, and then when he's recreating his his route to the treasure. Yeah. Crawl, crawl, stagger, stagger, roll, roll, crawl. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes, and I always put this as one of my fa- I, I still love the scene. The helmsman. Yes. Pulls it, he, goes, he just goes, all's well. And then Graham sneaks up, throws water on him, so he comes over, and then kicks him off the side of the boat. Oh, swell. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Such a great movie. Ah. Uh. Yeah, that, and that is like a, like one of the. I mean, the, on the Pythons were in so many great movies. Oh yeah, and as individuals and together, and they always, I felt if a if a Python's going to be in it, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, Terry Jones showed up in the Young Ones at one point as a preacher. Yes, uh, a fish called Wanda, very underrated movie. Yep, but hilarious. Yep, fish called Wanda, Time Bandits. I never liked Time Bandits. That's not I terrible. Know, I know I'm one of the few people in the world. I watched it and I just did not care for it. It's not terrible. Um, I might have to rewatch it. Maybe, maybe with fresh eyes. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it, there was just something I didn't like about it. Here's a uh, let's uh, kind of wrap this up a little bit. Oh, some of your favorite Monty Python songs. Oh man, songs. Lumberjack. Definitely, uh, definitely all-time up there. Classic. Um, I like the, the money. Song. The money song is fun. The money song. Yeah, money, 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 money. Yeah, yeah. From the money program. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, and then you've got always look on the bright side of life. That's depressing sometimes when you think how it's being sung. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just the, the the visual of Eric Idle on a cross. Yeah. Singing always look on the bright side of life. Yeah. Life's a bowl of shit when you look at it. <laughs> it's like he's not wrong. Um, uh, the philosopher song. 
yeah, that's a good one. I'm I'm trying. I'm actually trying to think of some songs that, because uh, I know the final ripoff doesn't have a lot of them on, and they didn't have a lot. There were a lot of stage shows that had more songs. Yeah, yeah. The one album I should get is Monty Python sings. Yeah, and then you got set on my face. I forgot about that. Oh my god, how many times did we sing that? Oh, we that was a sing along. Yes. <laughs> oh God, sit on my face. What a fucking wonderful song. Um, the philo- uh, I said the philosopher song, which was another. Well, for you and I, it was a sing along. Yeah. Um, Finland. That wasn't much of a song. The country where I quite want to be. Yeah, that was like traffic. I like traffic lights. lights. <laughs> Although my name's not Bamba. <laughs> Oh, you know another uh, this I don't know if I don't remember it ever being on TV, but another great Python sketch, uh, well skit from the, I know it was on the final ripoff. I don't know where they called it from. The wines, Australian table wines. Yeah, that's the only one that I know for. I haven't seen a stage show of that either. That seemed to be all on, and oh my god, we we've quoted you quoted that one in your damn sleep. <laughs> Stra- strangely enough, I can still remember staying over at your house and you just knew your son, Wooga Wooga. <laughs> what? The Cuban Reserve, a shuttle about Nui Wooga Wooga. Yeah. Wooga, Wooga. yeah. Which, believe me, as a kick, which, as a bouquet, like an aberrating zampit. Yeah. And and you said that and you just laughed. It's like, what the hell kind of. Fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm, you know, with some of the songs, I'm trying to. Re- I mean, I'm really trying to remember. A lot of the songs I don't remember many of. I think I might have even just and but then you mentioned them as like yes I remember we were singing "Sit on My Face." Yeah, you know in unison. Just <laughs> oh god, I love to hear you oralize <laughs> one up between your thighs. You're away. away. <laughs> oh god, that was such that that's a fucking hilarious song and the stage show. Is great. They they all come out dressed like waiters. waiters. And they've got you know the towels <laughs> over their arms. Yep. And they sing the song, and they walk away. And other than their aprons, they're naked from the waist down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the things that you can't get away with nowadays, right? At all. Burt Kreischer does the most. He takes his shirt off during a show. Uh, and I wish he wouldn't. It's art, man. It's art. Ah, whatever. Don't. Yeah, have fun with it. Rock on with your bad self. Now I'm going to have to sit and then after this just kind of sit and like, you know, songs. You know, what what songs did they have? Because they had a lot of them. I, yeah. don't, I don't remember the one that they had for Space for Meaning of Life where Idol talks about how vast space is. Yes. And it's a good song, but I can't remember it. I, I know the song you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the world today is absolutely crackers. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And basically, the whole song is about how, if you look how vast the universe is, you're one insignificant speck in it. Right. So you might as well make the most of life. Right. And that is the meaning of life. Yes. Now can you have your liver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a fun one. Um, what the hell else is there? This, the absurd one I always remember is like, like bang, tittle, tittle, pop by Chaplin Dirt. Yes. <laughs> the end credit scene. That was like from recognizing body parts. Yes. The neck. <laughs> Number 32, the end. Yeah. Didn't even talk about the larch, which is which when we started this, that's the first thing I said. To right. You. 
Number one, the launch. Yes. Number two, the launch. Yeah. Um. Shit, I forgot where I was going to go with this. I completely lost my train of <gasps> Another great sketch. Um, when they have the uh, the Cardinal wrestling, the philosophy professor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two, uh, two out of three falls to decide the existence of God. Yeah. And they didn't show the match. They just referenced it later. Nope. <laughs> it's like. But they actually hired two British pro wrestlers to do it. Really? Yes. That's funny. Yep. That is funny. Oh, uh, yeah. Now I have to. I still have. Yeah, I have the whole collection at the house. I have so much Monty Python stuff. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's it, you have to. I absolutely. I fell in love with that show. You and me both. You know, and, and the goofiness of it. I mean, our a lot of our a lot of our comedic sensibilities was shaped by that. Yes. See, they would get on board pizza in a cup. I don't think so. Well, that's where you're wrong then. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong. It's... All right. So, hey, if you're if you're not a fan of Monty Python, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why. Yeah, you just don't like humor. Right. That's just that's just it. Yeah. It's like you know you, you don't know from funny. Yeah. If yeah you you if you don't like Monty Python you probably think Jeff Foxworthy is the, is you know high laughing fun yeah the epitome of uh, of fun <laughs> right now people are saying what's wrong with Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> right <laughs> you probably think you probably think guys like Dane Cook are funny now now are I think we're beyond the fact of like making fun of Dane Cook that's like such a <laughs> yeah that's low hanging fruit yeah that really if you if you're gonna make fun of any comedian it's a Carlos Mencia. The thief, <laughs> Carlos Menstila. <laughs> yeah, he he's allowed. There are certain comedians I think we're allowed nowadays to just make fun of because, well, they've proven themselves to be shit terrible. Yeah. So, and he's one of them. Yeah, Carlos. But Men's- they, but Dane Cook, man, he was the voice of Dusty Cropper, man. Yeah, well, I don't, don't care. Don't, yeah, well, I don't care. He did different types of humor. He did bad types of humor. <sighs> don't give me that look. I'm not. Dane I, Cook's horrible. I haven't listened to him enough to know he's horrible. He, he trash. He was he Dane Cook. I would rather listen. I would rather listen to Don Jameson than Dane Cook. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That's even. I don't want to listen to Don Jameson. That tells you how much I want to listen to Dane. His com his comedy is awful. Ooh, Jameson. Yeah. They, yeah. They. I, I think if they they've been putting more of them on. The, the raw dog and is the audio quality still shit no it's actually somebody likes him there now and but when they put they put jameson on and then they'll put um oh shit the other guy florentine 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 i love florentine stuff oh florentine's great you know but jameson oh my god he just his stuff isn't funny no it never was it's 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 more crass than anything but there's no punchline to it. Yeah, Dane Cook is Dane Cook is like he reminds me of a fr- frat boy who thinks he's funny. See, I never watched a lot of Dane Cook stuff. I really didn't. I don't it's not that I don't like the guy. It's just I don't never had a reason to. Do we ever do comedians? Uh we did some. Oh, I'm just thinking that, man. I I think and I know that our comedic tastes are probably 
in way different directions. I don't know about that. I mean, well, with co- comedians themselves, because I got nothing against Dane Cook. Yeah, you I know? think he sucks. <sighs> I think he sucks. You're just jealous, man. No, not really. Just, not really. I, I don't know. Um, I don't listen to enough Dane Cook. I'm not. I, I've never been a fan. But um, anyway, if you're not a fan of Monty Python. Give him a shot. Give him another shot. If you've tried him before and didn't like it, give him a shot. If you never tried him, give him a shot. Monty Python is responsible for a lot of mine and Bill's com- uh, comedic sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And we we endlessly, to this day, quote Monty Python. Um, their shit is, it's timeless. It, it's, it's really great humor. Um... A bit of it will be considered off-color by today's standards, but yeah. check them out. You know what? I've I've come to this realization that nothing survives with time. You're right. I mean, you know, no, it it doesn't matter. Sometimes you go back, you know, five, ten, twenty years. Stuff that's happening now and today that is funny now that we laugh at now, in twenty years, we'll be like oh, aghast. Yeah. How could we laugh at that? You know. Well, stuff that we laughed at twenty years ago, people are Yeah. Now Oh my god. You can't you can't laugh at that. That's not funny. It's like yeah, you know, and, and it, that's just the way it I mean But that's where you're wrong. It is funny. Some of it it still is. Yeah. I don't like I like I say so some Monty Python stuff that like hits it like, oh, that was <laughs> even at the time I was probably like, That's woo That's a little rough. Yeah. But we talked about this with Chappelle. That's part of what a, that's part of a comedian's job mm-hmm. is to point out the absurdity in life. Yeah. And to take the piss out of it. Yeah. And make it funny. But Python sent it surreal and absurd. Yeah. You know, a penguin exploding on a TV. Right. You know, I would have loved to be in those meetings. I honestly would. I can't imagine the stuff that didn't make it to air. I know. You know. Or even stuff that might have changed. It's like you have to say, well, you know, what about a pelican on the TV? I don't know. Is a pelican funny? What about a penguin? And that could have, that changes like the course of everything. Right. <laughs> and, and, and how do you come up with that idea? Yeah. I, I, w- I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that writer's room. Yeah. I just I just think that a lot of it, it there was nothing like it at the time. They influenced so many people. Whether the you know whether the people they influence know it or not, yeah, you know, because the young ones was absurd. Yeah, the Black Adder was absurd. Yeah, you know, and there were different types of humor, but they still languished in the. There was an absurdity to them. Yeah, that this won't happen. This didn't happen, but it's funny. Yeah, I I got to agree with you, and for I, I I'm I'm really glad that. Uh, I'm really glad personally that I was I discovered British comedy when I did mm-hmm. because it, it it's you know it's been a big big thing in my life since the 1980s. Yeah. You know. I still watch British comedies to this day. There's a great thing um on BBC called The Show Goes Wrong. Yeah. Hilarious stuff. I watched Taskmaster which is British comedians on it. Um, it uh, ten cats is countdown. The big fat quiz of everything. British is British comedy is hilarious. And where are you watching this? 
Uh, the BBC channel. Okay, I got to look and see if that's on yeah. Hulu. And a lot, yeah, a lot of it's online. I mean, a lot of it's on YouTube as well. Yeah. I mean, you can just Google this stuff. It's on YouTube. And the thing I love about British comedy, and this is going to sound weird, but they don't really care about America. Yeah. So they don't need, they have enough shit going on that they don't have to have, you know, they don't have to make fun of America to be funny. They can make fun of everything else. Right. And sometimes it's like things happen in America and they talk about it. People are kind of like, I don't understand that. I understand the reference because it's happened here. Right. They have no freaking clue. And it's nice to see non-American centric comics. Yeah. And jokes and humor. And I love that. Yeah, I I do, too. You know, that's why I uh, uh, trying to think of the South South African comic. Noah. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Yeah. Like Trevor Noah, he's fun. Um, there's a dude from Australia too. I can't remember. Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries is freaking awesome. Jim Jeffries is awesome, and his shit is so dark. Yep, <laughs> incredibly dark comic. I love Jim Jeffries. Yes. Um, you know the, the the it's it's just good stuff. It is, and that's and I think and I and I just I love watching all that stuff. It makes me just laugh and. And just British humor, they like to take the piss of themselves. Yeah. They don't need to kind of poke a lot of fun. They poke fun at themselves. And I love all those guys and the different styles. And like Monty Python, I think was a cornerstone of British comedy. Oh, yeah. Cornerstone. And anybody anybody that tries to deny that is mm-hmm. lying to themselves. Yep. You know, and, and, and here we are 40 years on. Yep. You know, almost 50 years on. Oh, yeah. You know, 50 years on with Monty Python. And they're still one of the cornerstones and always will be one of the cornerstones of great British humor. Yes. And to a certain extent, great American humor. Mm-hmm. With, you know, the sketch comedy thing. and They've even, They have poked fun in America with like, you know, the, the, like everyone in America is a billionaire just wants money. Yeah. <laughs> well, the young ones did the same thing too. Yep, with the send up of Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Um. What was another way that Python poked uh, poked fun at America? Oh, uh, I know they did it at Hollywood Bowl mm-hmm. when they're sitting around talking, uh, reading, and uh, he's reading the newspaper. Says, "Oh, seems seems Nixon's had an asshole transplant." Yep. Oh, the assholes rejected him. Also. Uh, why is American beer like making love in a canoe? It's fucking close to water. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then of course, during the death sketch of life of uh, uh, meaning a life with Terry Gillum, uh, I have to say he's, he's playing a American. He's like, shut up. Shut up, you. You yeah. Americans think you know everything. Let me just tell you. Well, let me tell you, you're dead now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gilliam, you know, Gilliam, got the token American. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that's been our uh, our little discussion amongst friends about some of our favorite uh, Monty Python stuff throughout the years. Check out some Monty Python. Enjoy yourself. Have a laugh. Turn your brain off for a minute and just enjoy the ride. Yes. Because a lot of it's fucking stupid. Yes. But it's hilariously stupid. <laughs> 
All right. So until next time, this has been Oh No, Not Them. I'm Eric. Lemon Curry. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll see you later, fuckers. <laughs>